Cal Raleigh had some interesting comments on the foul territory podcast that I think we need to talk about. And the Mariners could be making a trade for some big name players. We have a lot to talk about here in episode 39 of the Hit It Here podcast, part of the Believe Network. But first, Joe, how are you? I am doing great. And this is just your friendly reminder if you're listening on the audio end, leave a five star rating because you love us so much. And if you're watching on YouTube, hello, say hi to our beautiful faces, like, comment, subscribe, all those fun things, because that would make us very, very happy. Because we're on the road to 10K, we're getting there. And like you mentioned, Colton, Cal on foul territory, labeled as Cal on foul in our little episode thing on the side there. What do you think he thinks about Turkey and like those types of fouls? Oh, because it's a foul. Yeah. I, you know, Cal, Cal looks like a man, especially with that beard that he had in that foul territory uh, episode. He looks like a man that can get down with some turkey, but I think he might be more of a ham guy. Maybe. I mean... It's tough to say. Look at that. Look at the two hams he's hiding in the back of his pants. You know exactly. You get it. Yeah. So Cal was on foul territory, as Colton said, and just was talking about the Jito trade. And I think it was what Eric Kratz asked him about his pitch to Shohei. So it's just a couple things to bring up at the top of the podcast to kind of work our way into it. Yeah. Gino was, you know, kind of uh, the heart and soul of that, you know, clubhouse. Like, yes, we want Shohei for sure. And, you know, uh, you saw this year at the All-Star game how cool it was when Guys were chanting his name, telling him from Seattle. But talking about how he just wishes Gino well in Arizona, how he was a great teammate. And this is all stuff that we've known about Gino. I don't think we needed Cal to say it to reinforce our feelings and emotions behind the trade and what Arizona is getting in Eugenio Suarez and what the Mariners will ultimately be missing from this trade with, you know, not having Gino in the clubhouse, good vibes guy. And I think it takes a lot for Cal I don't, maybe not a lot. I don't know. I appreciate his honesty in this situation and just his ability to continue to grow into the leadership role. And I don't think maybe Cal can be the good vibes guy in that same way Gino was because sometimes he's a little Cal grumpy and that's okay because, you know, you got to have that kind of like stern kind of role model person. But I don't know, like if we're losing a good vibes guy, like how do you think the clubhouse is going to kind of develop and like is cal like obviously like cal jp like what are some other people in there that are going to kind of like step forward i mean ideally julio of course i think that ty france has the possibility to uh getting robbie ray back i think will certainly help but yeah i mean him the way he was talking about gino and we all agree we've all talked about this before they even lost gino like how important he is to that clubhouse and i really wish that cal could be a little bit more candid hmm. when doing this because i bet you dude's pissed I bet you he's just as bad as all of us are because we had his comments at the end of the season, obviously talking about, you know, go out there and spend the money, blah, blah. And now you lost Gino and you brought in Luis Arias. Like Cal, I'm sure was not happy with this move. And like he said, he knows it's a business and there's more moves to come. And the guys that come in hopefully will be great, but there is no replacing a Eugenio Suarez, the person in the clubhouse. It just, it's not possible. He also made some comments about like his pitch to Shohei that I said earlier. And the idea of like, he knows that the fans would want him and like, it's the place that he's familiar with. Again, it's, it's not an issue of anything with the area or the people or person, whatever. It's all seemingly the hangups are in the front office right now. It felt like he knows there's probably not a shot because of the front office. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's no secret the Mariners aren't going to spend. Like, they're not going to go out and spend the money it takes to bring in Shohei Otani. It's just not going to happen, which is unfortunate. Yes, I mean, we've we've talked about our qualms with signing Shohei before, but nonetheless, still, it's one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest. And the fact the Mariners we heard are out already, it's like, it just sucks to see. And I don't blame Cal for 
not mentioning it because he knows, especially after all his comments at the end of the season, he knows that this probably isn't going to happen. He knows that the Mariners aren't going to go out there and spend all this big time money. And he and the players have talked about that openly at the end of the season, that the Mariners are not the team to go out there and get the big fish. They're always, they always seem like they're bargain, bargain bin diving and they always seem like they're trying to save a dollar here. And it just, I don't blame Cal if he is a little upset with everything that's happening right now, because we all are, right? I don't think there's a single person that is happy, other than maybe Jerry DePoto, happy <laughs> with what is going on with this team right now. But, you know, as Joe Doyle would say, cake half-baked or what have you, love you, Joe Doyle, smile. But yeah, I just think that time will tell if the Mariners are actually going to go out there and make the move that matters this offseason. And Joe... From one Japanese superstar to another, there's a lot of money going around between Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Let's talk about that in just a second, but first, a word from Bet Online. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. Bet Online, it's your number one destination for all sports wagering info. Live updated predictions, odds, you can place parlays, you can play money lines. There's so many different ways to bet on Bet Online. They've got up to minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Bet Online, it's, it's the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. They've got so many different options for you guys to bet on, whether you like betting on, like I said, the main four, the NFL, NBA, NHL, even stuff with MLB with free agents, or if you wanted to dip your toes into the MMA or even international soccer, BetOnline has you covered. And remember to head to BetOnline today and to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit, BetOnline, where the game starts. So Michael Marino, at Marino MLB on Twitter, said, Memo to MLB fans, your team probably wants Yoshinobu Yamamoto. The problem is your friend's team also wants him. The craziness behind the scenes, blah, blah, blah. What we're talking about is the money. And he's saying it might be absurd. Might be closer to 300 million than it is to 200. And you're talking about a lot of money going around. Shohei's going to get five, 600 million. Going into this offseason, if I would have told you that Yamamoto might get 300 million, what would that, what would your reaction have been? I would have laughed in your face. Right? Like, no no shot. A pitcher coming over from Japan who's never thrown a single pitch in the MLB, what I have thought should be valued around $300 million, $30 million a year, AAV, if we're talking a 10-year deal. No, no shot. It's just and insane. it's like, like, this guy could end up being poo-poo. I doubt it. <laughs> I, like, I doubt he'll be poo-poo, but it's possible. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not willing to give a guy who's never thrown a pitch in the MLB $30 million. No. I'm not willing to do it. If I'm, if I'm the Mariners and he wants 10 years, 20, I'd think about it. 20 million a year? I'd think yeah, about it. $200 million but, contract? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kodai Senga got, what, 585 from the Mets last year? And I get that Yamamoto is a little bit more high profile than Kodai Senga. But it, it shows the success that you can have coming straight from the MPB, straight into the MLB. I think he finished Cy Young 6 five something like that second in the rookie of the year voting over in the national league so yes there's a lot of promise in yamamoto that he will be good and i don't doubt that would i give him more money than blake snell this offseason i if anything i'd go as high as blake snell in terms of what you could potentially see in terms of aav but like snell's gonna get a short contract so like the money's gonna be a little bit different there because yamamoto could be one of those guys that's gonna fetch a 10 to 12 year deal but putting those guys on the same plane, it's like, I would not even 
want to even have a conversation with Blake Snell if the conversation is much more than 200 million. Then that conversation is going to Yamamoto as well. I just, the idea that the Mariners are still in on him, and yes, it's because they haven't been written out of it yet, that they're potentially willing to spend that money in this market for a guy that could be a franchise-changing signing. It very well could, and I'm not trying to discredit Yamamoto or any of his successes in the MPB or in the WBC or coming over to the MLB next year, but that price tag is absurd. And you're saying, like, you've never he's never pitched in the MLB, giving him close to the... Like, dude, like, what GM or franchise would be willing to do that and be able to afford it? Teams that I think are a bit more desperate for pitching, because that is could be a game changing, you know, acquisition. Would the Mariners necessarily need that? I don't think so. I I don't think they do either. And here's the thing: is my hang up right now with the money that it would cost for Yamamoto. Let's say he is getting thirty million a year. My hang up is the same that it is with Shohei Otani. Are the Mariners going to have the capital then to go out and spend it on the bats they need, or mm-hmm. are they going to make this big signing and sign you know a generational pitcher? Great. But then, what are you, are you done at that point? Because you yeah. can't really afford anything else if you're the Mariners, because that's just how they roll. Like, that they, they are not going to exceed $200 million. So at that point, then you trade one of your young, controllable starting pitchers who may, I they won't be as good as Yamamoto, obviously. Yeah. Like, Wu and Miller aren't on that plane. But still, they're serviceable, and you have guys that are at the top of your rotation right now where it's not necessarily important for you to go out and spend $30 million a year on a guy who might come over and falter right off right off the bat. Like, it's just a fine line the Mariners need to walk this offseason where I don't think they need to be going out and, spe- and be spending $30 million a year on one single player because there's more than one hole on this team. And I think that if if they were to sign Yamamoto and that stopped them from going out and getting the bat they need, then I am completely out on it. Spend that money on Jung-Hoo Lee instead, please, for the love of God. Sure. Like, because it's a position that's more in in need, right? And I get that, you know, scared money don't make money. Like, if you're not spending whatever, like, you know, this could cause like a domino effect where certain moves happen and then whatever. There's so many what ifs, I think, surrounding this offseason, especially with guys like Shohei and Yamamoto available. But yeah, I think if you're going that high in terms of contract value, it's going to handcuff especially if you're a team not named the Dodgers, the Yankees, like the teams that will continuously go out and spend, going to luxury tax, pay the dues, whatever, have is, that has an owner that can open up the checkbook and be okay afterwards. The Mariners, they just don't have that, unfortunately. And if this projection, you know, 200 million to 300 million, closer to three, it's not necessarily accurate. Of course, we're still in on Yamamoto. There's, there's definitely a way in which I could still see it happening. And I don't necessarily disagree with the conversation around like, oh, they haven't been rumored out of it yet because like, you know, with Shohei, there's the talk like, what, two weeks ago at this point, like not in the cards and other teams are starting to fall off that table. Like the Rangers got announced today, yesterday that you're listening, that they're probably out on Otani, which big dub. That's a, that's a huge dub, honestly. But the fact that it hasn't been, yes. But it was also by this guy. Matt, like, who did? Who is this guy? Michael Marino? Dude came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, this guy is, like, yeah. reporting all this stuff, and it's like, I've never heard of you before. Sure. And that, I that feel like until I hear it from Passan. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Like, there's, the like, the tier list of reports that you can trust. MLB nerds is at the bottom. Or, <laughs> or like, MLB rums and baseball, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? 
But Mariner Mojo's at the top. Guys. I'm sure. I mean, there's plenty of reports coming. If you guys have insider info and you want to share it, just you know, hit us in the DM. Yeah, I don't know. I understand like being hesitant around a report like this, especially when it's not like a passing bomb or passan bomb, as you say. I say passing. I know I'm a scrub, but like, that's what it, I used to say, and then I got yelled at. Signing Yamamoto to that much money just wouldn't it wouldn't make a ton of sense at the end of the day but if if the signing were to happen right obviously you've got a very crowded rotation at that point and you mentioned miller woo whatever probably not as valuable as yamamoto which i think everyone can kind of agree on there's also the conversation of like if you get a guy that high end of a market like would you trade be willing to trade logan gilbert at that point but there have been some rumblings some conversations guys that the mariners have been i think i want to say linked but rumored potential that they could acquire this offseason as bats that would fill a great need on this roster and the teams that would be looking at probably need pitching in return there's three names we'll start with randy arena tweets getting sent out into the twitter sphere yesterday randy's being shopped by tampa bay go ahead give me yeah your, give me your randy spiel I like Randy Rosarena. I do. I think that he's a good fit for this team. Um, you'd have him through like 2027 or 2028. And we talked about it a lot in uh, when we did the reaction to Locked On. Go watch it. Watch the reaction to Locked On. It was cool. Because um, they traded for Randy in, in their deal. I still think their deal was a little um, not quite on the money for the for how much it would cost to get Randy. Because the, 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 the Rays are going to want a lot. For Randy Rosarena, and deservedly so. He's been a pretty damn good player. But putting him out there in left field for the Mariners would add a thumper to this lineup. A guy who does strike out, but not quite as much as Teo or a Eugenio. And if you're giving up Miller or Wu, that's the kind of guy that you want back in return. Yeah. With that being said, I don't think Randy is like the end-all be-all. Like, I don't think that he's the greatest player you could possibly go out there and acquire. But giving up Miller or Wu for him, I think, does make sense, especially if you get a little bit more in that package as well. And it'll make sense for the Rays, especially if they were to trade Tyler Glass now this offseason, which they probably will because he's owed quite a damn bit of money. Yeah. So I think that this is just kind of how the Rays operate. And hopefully the Mariners are able to poach somebody off of it. I would honestly prefer them to be able to get one of the one of their infielders over Randy. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I mean, there's. it seems like there might be more available outfielders elsewhere. I don't disagree with you that Randy would be a pretty solid fit. I think there's a little bit of concern about his, his defense out there on left. It's not spectacular, but he's a very, very good player and would be a great addition to the lineup. What it would cost, you're saying it's probably, like, it's more than just Miller or Wu, like one of them, right? Like, in my head, like a miller Classe package, I think, could get it done. Classe gives them upside if they, you know, want to try and run him out there. But they've also got guys that can kind of move out of the infield and play the outfield if they need to for the time being and let some of their other prospects develop or they make other moves elsewhere. So that'd be a trade I think I'd be comfortable doing, like Miller and Classe for Rosarena. I don't know if that's too much, but I'm just, I think upgrading the lineup where it's necessary is a pretty high priority. And of course, this is also incumbent on the idea that we're signing a pitcher like Yoshinobu Yamamoto, theoretically. So of course, that then I'm okay with losing Bryce Miller in that situation pretty easily. I think there are other guys out on free agency that you could go sign that aren't as extravagant like a Michael Walker or Seth Lugo if you wanted to. But obviously, this is coming off of our Yamamoto talk. And speaking of, you know, Waka and Lugo, former San Diego Padres, the other outfielder 
that's the trade rumors have been, you know, everyone's got their grubby little hands trying to get their hand on Juan Soto. The conversation about Juan Soto being traded has heated up in San Diego, and it's with the New York Yankees, a team that I think a lot of people have made a lot of, it would make a lot of sense heading into this offseason, and especially with where they've struggled offensively in the last couple of years, you know, needed a strong left-handed bat, a guy that can go play the outfield with Aaron Judge and whoever they want to stick out in center. Obviously, Soto would go fit out there in left field very easily. Left-handed bat, generational talent. One year of Juan Soto, though, they're exchanging names, and the Padres started off by asking for Volpe and Jason Dominguez and guys like Michael King. That package is insane for one year of Juan Soto. That's absolutely ridiculous. And in no way, shape, or form, if that's the ask, should the Mariners even think about trading for Juan Soto? Again, I like Juan Soto. I do. I like him a lot. Wait till 2024, the offseason, and go sign him. We'll do it then. If the the Mariners like him that much, go sign him then. He'll be like 25 or 26 years old. He'll be Mm -hmm. young. Go sign Juan Soto then. If that if if you want him that bad, go sign him then. Because if if you're going to possibly only get him for one year and you have to trade, I mean, we're talking the Mariners have to trade Miller plus Wu oh, plus. Yeah, like, like it would easily. include like Harry Ford, Cole Young, like at least yeah. one of those guys, and then like two to three more prospects filling it out with what the the initial ask from the Padres was. Of course, you know as the talks continue to develop, they're trying to eat like get on more equal terms. So. If a trade does go through, don't expect Volpe going one way. I could see them still asking for Jason Dominguez. I really could. I think that that would be the, I want to say like King's ransom that the Padres could get out of the Yankees for that. But that would be a guy that I would be eyeing. If you're not able to, like a step down from them would be Everson Pereira from the Yankees. Wait, no, he's, or is he a Padre? Oh, Pereira, I, I believe, is a Yankee. Is he a Yankee? I think, yeah, I think so. It just sounds like a Padre name. Maybe I'm just, you know, forward thinking that's who's going back. But yeah, using my telepathy. But yeah, it's just, it, I don't think there's a fit right now with Seattle and Juan Soto with what that asking price is. Yeah, no, no shot in my mind that it, it doesn't, it doesn't even make sense. I'd hang up the phone if I'm Jerry Depoto and I get that call. And the first thing they ask for is, you know, the first package they put together is Bryce Miller, Cole Emerson, and Harry Ford. No, I'm hanging up the phone. For one year? Yeah. It maybe if you had four or five more years of Juan Soto, then sure. But nah, for one year of Juan Soto, that is ridiculous. My thing with that with the Padres is they are trying to recoup the value they traded for him with like three less years or two less years of control. It makes no sense that they're yeah. trying to do it that way. Like that's not how baseball works, AJ Preller. Like that you can't you can't trade away some of your top prospects and say, well, now I want your top prospects for a product that now has less value than it did when I got it. This man would be a terrible used car salesman. Yeah, I mean, they're just trying to play like fantasy baseball. Forced trades, and won't be the mm-hmm. show's on. Really quick, Colton, I, I don't think you saw it because I'm the one who read it. But Carter on Instagram DM'd us, shout out Carter, the boy. This is this, and will be the show, Forced Trades reminded me. Okay, he was playing on be the show and a trade came up for him sending J.P. Crawford and Taylor Trammell to the Royals for Bobby Witt Jr. and Vinny Pasquantino. What are your no. thoughts? No. Why? I'm not giving up J.P. Crawford for that. Why? J.P. was a five-win player in 2023. Okay, and Bobby Witt Jr. can be an MVP. He can. Yeah. He, he's going to be a five-win player for like... Eight more years. JP is the captain of this team. You already lost Gino. You already lost Teo, Paul Seawald, all these guys. You want to lose Gino too? Gino, we did. I mean, I'm sorry. You want to lose, <laughs> lose, lose JP also? No, I no. know. Yeah. 
I think it, again, I'd love to have Bobby Wood Jr. Yeah. I mean, the Royals also say no. So. Well, well, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is MLB the show. Those trades just go crazy there. But I think removing any emotion aside, if you don't accept that trade as a Mariners person, then there's a problem, I think. But of course, motion's attached. You don't want to lose your captain. And I, I JP that... was a more valuable shortstop than Bobby Wood Jr. Is that true? Do you, is that, do you have quantifiable evidence of that? I do. He was a 5.2 win player. Bobby Witt Jr. was a 4.4 win player. Damn it, you're right. 4.4. <laughs> Shoot! Uh, JP had like 10 less points on his average. Yeah. JP hit 19 home runs. Bobby Witt hit 30. You don't need to give me the stats. All I need is the war, because that's all well, we care well, about here is sabermetrics. What was, what, was, what was the OPS of these specific baseball players? In 2023. Okay, well, Vinny is zero, so he was oh, injured. I don't care about Pasquantino or Tremel in this trade. It's whatever. JP versus, versus Bobby Witt. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Bobby Witt's great and all. He's fast as hell. He's going to steal you 30, 40, 50, 5,000 bags a year. Uh-huh. But, like, let's see. Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt hit 276, 319, 495. Guy that fast, not getting on base that much, L. He had a 120 OPS plus in 2023 compared to JP's like what almost 140. Yeah, I I'm I'm taking JP Crawford, ten days out of ten, ten days a week, guys. Even like JP with the current contract setup, yep. you're gonna lose JP in two years, three years. I know. Oh. Okay. Time to attention. And at that point, you know maybe he moves over to second base. But mm-hmm. right now we've got kind of a hole at second base. Should we have Josh Rojas and Luis Urias? play third or just have one or the other, you know, uh-huh. at both spots. And a trade came in, an op- you know, an option from Kylie McDaniel over at ESPN. Marriage are trading for Glaber Torres as this, you know, I guess fantasy trades continue. And this one, to me, this would be this would require an MLB the show for straight on. I don't mind re- acquiring Glaber Torres, but Kylie McDaniel thinks Emerson Hancock can get it done. One for one. Um, I'm doing that trade every day of the week, by the way. Ten days a week? Yes. Twice on Sundays. Yeah, I mean, I'd do it if I'm the Mariners. I honestly, I'm not going to lie. I'm thinking more about it. I think the Yankees might do it too. Just one, one year of one. Glaber. One year of Glaber. Like, yeah. For, for a guy who, Emerson Hancock used to be very highly touted throughout all of baseball. Obviously, he's fallen off a little bit, but I still think he could be a good 3-4 in someone's rotation. And the, and the Yankees would have him for the next six years. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, it might take, I don't know. It might take a little bit more from the Yankees. Not a lot. Like, I think, I think yeah. a fringe like guy that could just be a part of your 26 man roster. Like if you really wanted to like throw him in, like, like Sam Haggerty. I know that's a name that people can get mad at, but like Sam Haggerty, and Emerson Hancock for Glaber. I'm still doing that. Like we've got plenty of Sam Haggerty's at home already. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we've got quite a few. We've got quite a few of them. And if he doesn't really have, like, a big spot on this team, I know he provides great depth, but I think that's depth that the Yankees could value pretty heavily. Maybe then we get, you know, them to take off some of Glaber's contracts. We can go sign a free agent somewhere. I'm not really sure. I don't dislike Glaber in Seattle. I mean, you made the Glaber Day video last last offseason before we acquired Colton Wong. There's, I think, concern maybe about how his power would translate to T-Mobile, like, you know, He's going to be able to hit, you know, have an OPS over 800 there. People are like, oh, he's going to OPS at like 700. Like, yeah, I don't think so. I think he 
has the tools and the, like the ability to put together a good season in T-Mobile, you know, in a in a theoretical scenario here. He doesn't strike out a ton. I think he's like league average in terms of strikeout percentage. So out of the three guys that we mentioned in this trade section of Randy, Juan Soto, and Glaber, I think Glaber's won the most supportable, obviously. But also like in terms of package, I think it makes the most sense to, to do it because if we're trying to sell too high on our pitching, trades are never going to get done. So if you can get someone to bite on Emerson Hancock without losing Miller and Wu, I'm all in. And a lot of guys are getting paid around the MLB really quick. I just wanted to mention it before we outro this podcast. I'm throwing this at Joe. Didn't even tell him it's going to happen. But we just saw Luis Severino get like, what, $13 million? Uh-huh. We saw Emilio Pagan get like $8 million per year. Yep. Like, guys around baseball are getting paid. And the Mariners' cheap, young starting pitching, I think that the commodity, that, that makes them even more... Of a luxury that the Mariners have. Yeah, like that's more valuable. And I think that the Mariners could then go out and use that in a trade with the Rays for Isak Paredes. Thank you guys so much for watching episode 39 of the Hit It Here podcast presented by Bet Online. Go watch that video about Isak Paredes. What are you still doing here? Go Mariners.